Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Enger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In the second in our COVID-19 series, we discuss low-tech tips and tricks for daily life during the pandemic. And joining us is Hadley learning expert, Jennifer Ottowitz. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hi, Ricky. Thanks for the chance to talk with you. Indeed. And uh, for those who are not familiar with you, how about just a quick intro? I am senior learning expert with Hadley. I teach several different courses. I co-host one of our discussion groups. I've had the good fortune to be involved with a couple other Hadley Presents podcasts. Uh, I'm a certified vision rehabilitation therapist by trade. And as a person who is visually impaired myself, I'm, I'm understanding firsthand how to manage life during these times with a visual impairment. So if you haven't listened to the first in our series, uh, you can do that. It's uh, with Lisa Salinger and myself, and we discuss a number of things, and not necessarily by design, but we did that from, I guess, more of a high-tech perspective. And so this will be, I suppose, more just things you would encounter in daily life, whether you're using technology or not. And the, the one thing that we discussed in that previous podcast was getting out and about if you have to. And we talked about if you have to have sighted guide where people have been coughing into their elbows, uh-oh, what do you do? So if you're curious about tips on taking sighted guide or just traveling safely with someone you might check out that podcast, but what if you are going out on your own to get grocery shopping done and things like that? How are things different out there with the pandemic? So many stores have implemented, I mean, trying to maintain social distancing for the customers that they are allowing into their stores. And so a lot of times they put marks on the floor, maybe an X or some other kind of mark where you're supposed to stand. But how do you handle that if you have trouble seeing those marks? Because a lot of times we may need to get closer to items to see them. A couple of things that might be helpful if you do use a white cane, knowing the length of your cane and using that as a guide. I'm I'm short, so my cane's 48 inches long, which is four feet. So uh, for me, that six foot social distance that they're talking about uh, is a cane and a half (laughs) length. Otherwise, it's really about kind of using your ears just to listen to folks around you, making sure that. you're keeping your distance and and then just using your voice and asking folks, you know, I'm not quite sure where to stand. Is this the right place? I don't mean to get too close to you. Am I far enough away from you? Is it okay if I approach the counter? Because it's hard to know if you're buying something from the deli or getting a prescription from the pharmacist, you know, am I allowed to walk up to the counter and take it from them? Are they, are they putting it someplace where I'm supposed to pick it up and it's limited contact? So just be a good self-advocate and ask because and I know some stores too, as the time goes on, are changing things. They used to not have plastic shields up by the cashiers. Now many stores are doing that. So it's also good to kind of keep tabs on your local news sources because a lot of times they'll share these announcements so you'll have an understanding of what may be happening in the environment. Uh, And of course, it's been said a lot, really think about going out 
only if you absolutely have to. If you can find assistance, um, getting things delivered, uh, you can call. And you don't always have to have the app to do the ordering online, but uh, that certainly does help. And, and it's uh, a great way to do that. But you might be able to contact the stores themselves to see about delivery options. And maybe it's a time to turn to family and friends to go out. You don't necessarily have to go with them. Kind of limit the, the people that are actually out and about too. You know, it's allergy season as we're recording this and we wake up with sniffles and sometimes sore throats and uh, it's uh, strange to think about right now. But at some point, it may turn out that you actually contact your doctor and your doctor determines that it is medically advisable for you to get tested for COVID-19. But of course, you don't want to be taking ride shares and things like that. What are the options then? Because you're not going to be driving yourself. Absolutely. And no, you should not take ride sharing. You should not take taxis. You should not take public transportation. And you really should not rely on a family member or friend and put them at risk. So I do know that in a lot of areas, there's something called Medicab service. And folks may not always know about it. The first thing you always want to do if you have symptoms, of course, before you even get to the transportation part, contact your primary care physician they're going to ask you a lot of questions and assess whether or not you should be tested. Because a lot of times, like you said, we have these symptoms, but they may be due to other health conditions. So they'll determine if you should get tested. Let them know right away. I'm a person with a disability. I do not drive. What are my options? And Medicab services might be one. That's a a non-emergency medical transport service. So Uh, It might be an ambulance or other vehicle, but people come and will transport you. They're already in protective gear. And so it's a little different than taking rideshare or a taxi. Other options may include home testing. I know in my area, there's a company that's doing home testing. And so they will actually send people out to your house in protective gear to administer the test to you. So hopefully your doctor will be able to advise you about some of these options. And there's kind of a concern that many in the general public may not have to think about so much, uh, but some of us who do uh, not use a cane and use a guide dog instead, we've got to think about what happens if I'm sick? How do I care for my guide dog. That's a thing that certainly they're not going to talk about on the news, but it's a very real concern. Right. And of course, your your animals still need care. And so you may think about even before you you get symptoms or, or might get sick, is there someone that can help help take care of my dog if I do get to the point where it's, it's not in the best interest of me or my animal for, to take care of them myself. You want to limit the contact with the animal as much as possible. It's hard because they recommend that petting or have snuggling, having the dog lick you or kiss you. That may be a little harder, easier said than done kind of thing. But you, you definitely want to wash your hands thoroughly uh, with soap and water the good old 20 seconds everyone's talking about uh, before and after you interact with your animal. And then just like you said, having that backup plan for 
who can I leave my dog with? Who do I trust if something should happen? And having that in place before you actually need it uh, with the with the hope that that you never do need it um, that's going to make things a lot easier than if you are suddenly finding yourself sick and then trying to figure out with a high fever uh, what do I do about my animal absolutely and they also recommend of course if you are sick trying your best not to cough or sneeze directly around your animal again that may be sometimes easier said than done but taking all those precautions. And at this point, they're saying that the virus isn't possible, but highly unlikely that the animals will contract the virus from you and you from them. But we definitely want to keep them safe as much as we do ourselves. So we've talked a lot about how things can be different with a visual impairment uh, in terms of dealing with this pandemic than if you don't have a disability. But what if you actually have additional disabilities? Like what if you have a hearing loss in addition to visual impairment? Are there differences in how you approach things during a pandemic? So many folks have hearing loss in addition to a visual impairment, especially older adults. And now that we're primarily communicating over the phone, we're using computer audio, And even when we do have face-to-face contact, it's at a greater physical distance. This can make communicating a little more challenging if you do have trouble with your hearing. And so just a couple of tips that might be helpful. First is to let people know if you don't understand something. A lot of times it's easy just to pretend that we do. It's hard to admit to ourselves that, that you know, we may be experiencing a little trouble hearing and admit to others, but it's really something that would be helpful in letting other people know how best to communicate with you. You don't want to miss information. You don't want to get something incorrect, make decisions based on incorrect information or share incorrect information with others. So let people know, I have trouble hearing. I didn't understand what you said. You can ask folks to slow down, uh, especially when you know we're talking on the phone. It's not always about the volume only, but how fast somebody talks. And just asking them to slow down, I'm having trouble understanding you. You can ask someone to spell a word if you're not quite understanding. And, and you, can, you can even help out. You can say, do you mean B as in Bravo or V as in Victor? And, and you can do this with numbers, too, because sometimes it's hard to distinguish numbers. Uh, for example, if, if you were talking to me about a time you were going to call me tomorrow and you said, I'll call you at 8.15, but I didn't understand it. I didn't, wasn't quite sure. I asked you to repeat it. I still didn't understand. I might say, Ricky, did you mean 815 or 850? So just a different way of clarifying things and being okay with asking people to do that. Exactly, because they, may, they, they will not know that they need to do it unless you let them know. And you can ask them to rephrase something. And I know that sounds kind of awkward to just say, can you rephrase that, please? But, but what you could say is, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm having trouble hearing you. I, I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. Can you say it in a different way? Yeah, because some phrases just sound equally strange to you every time they're repeated and you just keep saying, say that again, say that again, it's not going to work. So getting someone to rephrase that makes a lot of sense. 
a lot of times we'll say kind of in baseball, it's three strikes and you're out with, with repeating, it's two strikes, you know. So if, if you didn't get it after the second time you've asked them to repeat it, ask them to say it in a different way. And then you can stop along the way too and try to summarize. Say, okay, wait, let me make sure I, I understand everything correctly. And then you repeat it back the best way that you understand it. So I don't know about you, but I have found that as I'm shopping, there are things that I usually cook that just aren't available. Um, I also find myself getting more shelf-stable things and things that might go in the freezer as opposed to things that are more perishable. And so that's probably pretty common, I would think, right now. So how do we deal with maybe cooking unfamiliar things and not knowing the directions on the packaging and things like that? Convenience foods are, in a lot of ways, the first things to go off the shelf. But but when you get them, they, they're so easy to make and stocking up on them when you can is so helpful. But yeah, especially if you're not used to buying them, how long do I cook it? What, what are, are there any special instructions I have to do for it? And there are a couple of resources. These do involve technology, but they're really helpful. There is a website called Directions for Me. Dot org and that's directions and f o r me <laughs> written all as one word no spaces dot o r g and this website will provide product package information including cooking times nutritional information for thousands of different products now it's not guaranteed every product known to man will be in there but but it's a good resource to look up that information and then of course there are a variety of apps that you could use be my eyes Ira, seeing AI may be able to uh, you may be able to scan the package and have it read the directions to you. So there are several different options there. You may be able to FaceTime someone again if you're you know used to using smartphone technology. That might be an option too. Now, if you are accustomed to maybe you have a magnifier or a CCTV that you use to read these directions. So you're taking the low-tech approach. Maybe you're thinking about, you know, how do I keep this equipment clean and protect myself adequately during this time? And is it possible to clean it with the wrong thing or overclean it or whatever? So what are some tips for that kind of equipment, your magnifiers or other assistive technology. One thing that happens too is sometimes people share those devices, like a video magnifier that might be in, an, in a, a senior housing facility. There's one video magnifier that, that's available for everybody to use. So you want to wipe it down after you use it, before you use it. You can use the um, like the alcohol wipes, the Lysol type wipes, dis disinfecting wipes um, to wipe it down. And think about the parts that you touch, all the knobs and controls, the XY table that moves it. Same with your magnifier, definitely the handle. You always do want to clean your the lenses of your magnifiers periodically just so you can see things more clearly. And those mild soap and water work best on the actual lenses, but on the handles, that's a good place to use the disinfecting wipes. I think the same would be true if you have a Braille display and you always want to wash your hands anyway before you, you use it. 
if especially if you're you're sharing it, which it's less common than uh, with video magnifiers, but if you're if you're sharing it or you uh, use it while you're out and about, and then you come home, uh, you can gently wipe those down as well. Definitely, and I've thought about dusting all these things, but not necessarily disinfecting them before. So now is the time to really make sure that they're disinfected too. So let's be real. I mean, like we want to stay informed and that's why we do podcasts like this to keep ourselves and other people informed and we watch the news and we read the local paper and all this stuff. But my gosh, at some point you just have enough and you want to think about something aside from this pandemic. So what are some things that we can do especially now that we're home a lot more, just to keep the stress down and to keep our minds occupied with something? I mean, at first, it's all about making the adjustments, right? Finding new ways to do things, getting used to those new ways of doing things. And that in and of itself can be really stressful. And then it becomes about maintaining these behaviors. So you get in a groove, you don't have to like the groove, but you get into the groove. And and it's about maintaining it over the long haul. You know, how long are we going to have to keep doing things this way? And that can add stress and anxiety and to, you know, a little bit of depression too. So I think it's really important to try to every day find something that brings you joy, find something that helps you feel productive and find ways to stay connected. We're going to mention a couple of things related to being productive in just a minute. But one thing I wanted to say is when you are, Engaging with people and interacting with people, I hope this is something that will continue far beyond this crisis, is that we give each other the best gift we can, and that's our full, undivided attention. Because I think we're so used to multitasking and when we're talking to someone, checking out the texts that are coming in the phone or other social media or emails or just being distracted by the environment around us. And when you can really focus in on the conversation that you're having with someone, it's so meaningful to that person because they, they realize someone's actually listening to them. In terms of being productive, it's a great time to catch up on your reading to catch up on listening to audiobooks, reading braille books. There's lots of great resources out there. The talking book service is a really great service. Things are changing every day. So I we recommend that you contact your local talking book service to find out what services they have available right now. In, in some states, they've discontinued sending out players or discontinued sending out reading material, but that that's not necessarily the case in all states. So be sure to check with your local resources. And there are other options for audiobooks too. Staying physically active is another good thing. We can still get outside. We encourage you to get outside, get that fresh air, move around, take walks, do yard work. But inside, or I guess if you choose to do your exercising outside too, right? Um, there's some options for really good audio exercise programs. Blind Alive is one option, and this would require a computer, or they do have, um, you can download their audio recordings to your smart devices, but they talk you through the routine, they explain all the different movements and positions that you need to do, and they have things from basic gentle stretches and chair yoga to more intense cardio workouts. So that, that's a nice option. Finishing projects that maybe you've been putting off for a long time because you never had time to do them. This is a great time to do them. I think our 
apartments and houses will probably never be more clean than they are now because it's, it's a great time to clean out the closet, uh, scrub the kitchen floor, uh, anything you can do just to help, again, feel productive. But when it comes to staying connected, the American Printing House for the Blind, APH, has what they call their uh, APH Connect. And this is a service that's available 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. And they are available if you want information about resources related to vision loss or disability. So maybe you want to know what audio exercise programs are out there. What are some options for audiobooks? What type of services might be uh, available in my area? right now, they can help give you information about that. And it may be something I know, what if you have someone who comes and helps with cleaning because, because you have an, an additional disability uh, that makes it really challenging to do the cleaning yourself. And so the APH Connect can maybe, maybe give you information for your local independent living center who could then put you in touch with resources or talk to you about your options. If your regular person who comes and cleans is not able to come. So they're a good kind of information and referral service. Their phone number is 1-800-232-5463. And it's a fantastic resource that you can ask any question. Like if you've sat there and thought, you know, I really wish they would have covered this thing that I was wondering about in, in the podcast. And we didn't uh, because, you know, there was limited time. Then APH is really a nice way to reach out and get some additional resources. So as we wrap up, Jennifer, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave people with? Well, I did just want to give a shout out to our international listeners. I know Hadley has quite a few international learners, and this is a worldwide crisis. And in other countries, they are experiencing lockdowns and quarantines and restrictions, too. And so just to let everyone know throughout the world that we are all hoping you stay safe, you stay healthy that you do find that joy in every day, even with everything else going on. And that, uh, as everyone is saying, we are definitely all in this together. And I, I really believe that if we stay strong in spirit, we'll make it through. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, just to reiterate what Jennifer said, stay safe, continue to find that joy in life. And thank you so much for listening. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu. Or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening.